Welcome to the Stargate Archives, buried deep within Cheyenne Mountain. Greetings, and welcome to a new episode of the Stargate Archives, and within that, Stargate Theatre. On this episode, I'm going to be looking at the 2008 TV movie, Sea Beast, aka Troglodyte. This movie was directed by Paul Ziller. He's directed Beverly Hills Wedding, Ruby Herring Mysteries, Metal Shifters, Ghost Storm, and the Stargate Atlantis episode, The Real World. It was also co-written by Neil Elman with Paul Ziller. Paul has written Stonehenge Apocalypse, Polar Storm, and Seeds of Destruction, while Neil has written Drone Wars, La Valanchula, Stormageddon, and House of the Witch, plus many more. This movie premiered June the 30th, 2008 in the US, and had its DVD release June the 30th, one year later. Music was by Chuck Serenio, and the stunt coordinator Owen Wallstrom. As you know, Stargate Theatre is part of the archives and looks at movies that star or heavily feature Stargate actors. And for this one, the star is Corin Nemec. He played Jonas Quinn, of course, on Stargate SG-1, better known for Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and he was also in the original The Stand. Since then, he's been on Supernatural, and is currently working on Blackwater Blues, one of his own projects. Okay then, short and sweet, let's jump into Sea Beast. Remember, it's going to be all spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie, please feel free to go and do so. I believe it's on Amazon, reasonably cheap. Right, here we go then. We jump straight into the movie. We see a small fishing boat, the Solita, in the middle of storm-tossed seas. Not quite sure about the CGI. Not much realism there, but not to worry. There's men on deck, all decked out in slickers. They're trying to pull in the fishing nets. It's in this weather, that's ridiculous. Actually, still fishing. The captain, which is Corin Nemec's character, he comes out to give a hand. All the men are now pulling on. He gets hit in the head. And he lies there dazed. He sees a vague outline of some sort of creature cornering one of his men and then he's gone he calls out man overboard they throw a life boy out but no sign of him and then we see underneath the boat some sort of outline of a creature attaching itself to the hull pretty good opening i've got to say that opening credits now against the backdrop of the sunrise much calmer seas insight film studios cinetel films the boat docks and while a woman watches it we learn that that is Barbara, played by Gwyneth Walsh. She played Queen Nigeria in the Stargate SG-1 episode Cure. Also in Virgin River, The 100, Black Summer, and episodes of TNG and Voyager. The boat gets tied up. It's very noticeable that nobody, no one of the crew are talking to each other. Whatever happened out there has definitely disturbed them. The boat gets secured, and then we see that creature, or whatever it is, disengage itself from the hull and swim away. Ominous, to say the least. Captain Will McKenna, Corin Emick, walks up to Barbara and she asks about Joey. And he confirms that they did indeed lose the young man. Tell me it's not true, Will. I'm sorry, Barbara. Joey's gone. Danny and Drew, two of the crewmen, are repairing some of their netting, talking about the fact that this is a second death from the crew. Of course, <laughs> Danny points out that the other guy was 65 years old and died in his bed, not on the ship. True is a bit more superstitious. The captain comes along with Carly McKenna, I assume that's his sister, 
seems that Carly and Danny may have a relationship. Danny is played by Daniel Weisler. He's been in The Unit, The Day the Earth Stood Still and CSI. Carly is Miriam MacDonald. She's been in Degrassi, The Next Generation, Orphan Black and Lost Girl. A couple of good shows there. And Drew is played by Brandon J. McLaren. Firefire Lane, Unreal, Being Erica. Pretty big resume, actually. Oh, my mistake. <laughs> Carly is the daughter of Will, not the sister. And then we move on to Joey's Wake. Barbara speaks a few words. Everybody raises the glass, including the captain, who's at the bar, sitting next to Ben, the father of Danny. Ben is played by Brent State. He played Major Louis Ferretti in two episodes of SG-1. Also Snowpiercer, Supernatural, When Calls a Heart, and he played Rev Bam on Andromeda. This character looks a dangerous man. He tells Will that it better not be his son that dies next on the boat. It makes you wonder if Will has got a reputation, playing it fast and loose, going out when perhaps he shouldn't. It certainly seemed like they were actively fishing when they should have been going for safe harbour. Will approaches Barbara to convey his condolences. I had a bad feeling. I should have turned back sooner. I'm sorry. No, that's nonsense, Will. I'll hear none of that. My only peace of mind is knowing that my boy died doing what he loved and with the men he loved doing it with. A fine sentiment. Will leaves the wake and looks at the posted catches of other boats. Sees he's right at the bottom with zero. He's approached by another guy and it seems that Will doesn't even own the boat. He's only renting it or leasing it. And of course the guy wants his money. Catch or no catch. Gotta pay for the boat. This is when the sheriff approaches the pair of them because it looks like fists are going to fly. Sheriff Jay McKenna. <laughs> McKenna, Will's brother. He's played by Gary Hudson. He's been in Smallville and Dynasty. He calms the situation down. And there's a little surprise that Will is planning on going out again. But before that, he offers him a little olive branch. A local scientist has a problem that needs a little import from a local fisherman. The two brothers walk onto the beach and we see a young woman hip deep in the water. She comes out wearing waders with water samples. This is Arden, played by Camille Sullivan. Camille appeared just once on Stargate in the Universe episode Visitation on a resume, impressive resume. Big Sky, Unspeakable, Shattered, and the excellent Hunter Hunter. Arden shows the brothers a particular strain of algae she's finding in the water. Very aggressive, very invasive, new to these waters. Something to be seriously worried about. And Arden says she's going to take a boat out tomorrow to do a bit more research. Tomorrow comes, Will drives up, sees a lot of male overdue bills. His daughter tells him she's going out to the island with Erin, half-truth. He mentions about college, she brushes it off. To be fair, no matter what the circumstances is for Will, he wants the best for his daughter. And he's going to be a little disappointed, I think. We get to the dock, Erin and Carly are there. Erin says goodbye to a fella Drew because he's having to stay behind a while. He's going to meet him later. And the two girls go off with Danny to the island. Yep, when you know there are teens in this sort of monster movie, some of them are going to die. Probably horribly as well. It's later that night. The sun is setting. Drew is still working on the docks when he hears something in the water. He grabs a flashlight and a bat. We get a POV shot looking up through the water. He then hears a splash, looks along the dock. And there's something there. 
a vague, I've said, how many times am I going to say vague during this podcast? The outline of a creature, large, very bulky, and it's coming for him. We get a POV shot from the creature, and then it spews some sort of green liquid onto Drew, some sort of paralyzing agent. He slowly falls to the deck, only his eyes moving. The creature kind of decloaks. We see some sort of reptile, lots of teeth, a long thin tongue which starts to lick his face, and then it lunges and screen goes to black. That's the last we've seen of Drew. The next morning, Will comes onto the dock. He sees the mess of the rotting fish calling out for Drew. He also sees some of the green slime. The same liquid he saw on the fishing boat when Joey was lost. Before he can do anything about it, Arden approaches. She's all kitted out for a bit of a sea voyage. She's also got to sign stuff with her. He points out the green slime, asks Arden if she's ever seen anything like it before. She hasn't. And he notices that it goes along the dock. They follow the trail, see the baseball bat, and reach the end of the dock where it looks like whatever it was went back in the water or came from the water. They're looking into the depths and they see something there. Gradually it gets clearer and clearer until Drew's arm appears on the surface of the water. Arden screams and we cut to a scenic view of the uh, water. The authorities arrive. His brother, the sheriff, comes along. He actually <laughs> proposes that some animal came down from the woods, ate Drew, and then dumped the body into the into the harbour. Will isn't too enamoured with that proposition. However, he takes Arden to his boat and he shows her the markings on the rail. Exactly the same as on the dock. Very strange. We next pay a visit to the island where the teens are having a brief holiday. Of course, they don't know that Drew is not going to make an appearance. And of course... Carly and Erin are now bad-mouthing Drew for not turning up. It sounds as if he's done this before. Carly goes back to have a bit of breakfast. That's when Erin notices that the line holding the speedboat has snapped and the boat's being pulled out by the current. Or is it the current? She makes a grab for the rope and out comes the monster, the troglodyte, if you uh, go by the movie's alternate title. It vomits up its green slime, it gets here, she makes a run for it, but of course she slowly comes to its venom and falls down unconscious. Well, not unconscious, he's totally aware, but immobilised. And then we see baby troglodytes, three of them. They run up and... Oh my God! <laughs> they they are showing Erin being eaten alive by these creatures. And she is aware. They focus on her eyes. And you know that inside she is screaming. That is gruesome. And clever. Gruesome and clever. <laughs> We're back at the local tavern. Will goes and meets Ben, who's drowning his sorrows in whiskey. He wants to talk about the time when Ben lost a man on his boat while out at sea as well. What did he see there? All he knows is that one of the most respected fishermen has suddenly becomes a bit of a pariah. People don't believe in what he says or anything. Ben claims it was a shark attack, but no, it was a sea monster. Just like what killed Drew. There is nothing in the water around these islands, and now it's come to shore. Danny is out collecting wood, totally oblivious to the fact that he's being watched by camouflage creature. Again, POV shot from the creature, and then he spots it, one of the young'uns. And he jumps back, the creature jumps back, doesn't automatically attack, so Danny gets his phone out and he starts to take a picture. And he gets bit for his trouble. <laughs> Seriously, dude, you saw something like that, take a picture and run. 
could set the teeth marks on his hand though? Will there be some sort of infection? Who knows? Also looked like they were using maybe a prosthetics or a puppet to do some of the close work rather than the CGI. It was out of focus, obviously, because it was in the foreground, but that seemed to work quite well. Back on the mainland, Will drives to where Arden's doing some research. Again, he asks her about the liquid they found, and she confirms that it's some sort of venom. It's a toxin, some form of venom, highly concentrated. Venom? Like from a sea snake? Uh, more like what you find in an ambush predator, like a sea devil. Isn't that like a deep sea anglerfish? And a master of disguise camouflages itself to blend into its environment. Then when an unsuspecting prey passes, it sprays a venom which paralyzes the prey. Well, that does sound rather familiar, doesn't it? And just to spice things up, the creature's been watching them, cloaked beneath its, well, invisibility shroud, or chameleon-like tributes. It sees a couple of people unpacking a minivan, lunges at them, blood screams everywhere, Will throws Arden into the truck, grabs his 9mm, goes to the van, but there's just mangled bodies. Woman on the floor, she's been eaten. The creature's got its snout into her stomach and chewing away. Will fires, it flees, he's shooting at ghosts. Right, things have heated up quite a lot, and continues to do so as Will runs off in pursuit. Not quite sure how he hopes to track an invisible creature, but somehow he manages to do so. He comes to a tree, because a lot of blood pouring down. He sees the monster leap from branch to branch, he fires. He runs to a beach, there's a couple of fishermen. Creature leaps towards the ocean. Will's tracking it, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> right in line with the fishermen. I'm surprised none of them didn't get hit. And the creature makes its escape. Yeah, pretty sure the 9mm is not going to do anything to uh, a monster this size. But credit for Will for trying. The coroner and Will's brother, the sheriff, is on site. Arden can only confirm that the two youngsters were killed. She didn't see the creature that did it. The sheriff thinks it could have been somebody in a suit, but no. Will saw him jump 30 feet in the air and take bullets at almost point-blank range. Then he tells him he saw the creature on the boat as well. That's when his brother kind of begins to seriously doubt him. You had a concussion, you weren't sure what you were seeing. But no matter. <laughs> we often see people denying reality and it soon comes back to bite him. Speaking of bites, we're on the island. Danny is running a fever. The teeth marks on his hand are inflamed. Carly is seriously worried. I wonder, can this venom in smaller doses really do damage? What if that thing that bit you had rabies? I don't know. So what if it did? It's my problem. Well, rabies is a saliva virus. I'm not kissing you, Danny. Danny, you dick. <laughs> and good for Carly. The two of them go to the beach, they see that the boat is missing, and they can't find Erin. So they put two and two together, and unfortunately reach five. Back on the island, the townsfolk are having a meeting in the local bar. Some dissent about exactly what's causing this problem. Some people think Will is seeing things. He gets backed up by Ben, but they think he's a drunk. But that's when they hear that uh, a respected member of the town has seen some sort of creature in the tree, as big as a bear. And the men rush out to go hunting. Will and Ben, however, go to the docks where Arden is prepping a boat. She's going to go out and do some research. Ben is rather impressed. They agree to join her. And they take the boat to Goliath Falls. The deepest, coldest piece of water in that area. Where a sea creature would feel most at home. Carly is randomly walking around the woods. What she doesn't know is that the baby monsters are finishing off her friend Erin. Not much left of her, so they'll be hungry soon. 
golly, could be the next <laughs> next item on the menu. The sheriff and his <laughs> well-armed militia are in the woods. They're tracking the creature. They've seen a fresh kill, the remnants of something. Unbeknownst to them, they are being observed from the trees. This could very well be a homage to Predator, but without the budget, the technical expertise, and the sheer panache that movie brought to the screen. The gang have split up, bad idea, and one of them has spotted something in the trees, a distortion. We know it's a creature. He must know it's something, but he goes closer, still hasn't raised his rifle, and the creature spits its goo into his face. Well, he's a goner. The rest of the guys hear his cries, they rush to his aid, but all that's remained is body parts. The three of them, looking around, looking to the trees, Roy spots an outline of something. He fires, his friend opens up with his automatic weapon, the sheriff fires with his shotgun. It becomes apparent that whatever it was is long gone. I've got a feeling these guys are not getting out of the woods. Which it seems is a safe bet, as the monster is now tracking them, stalking them through the woods. And when he gets his opportunity, it lashes out, grabs one of the gunmen, grabs one of the guys by the foot, drags him off screaming into the distance. The sheriff runs off in pursuit. He manages to catch up with the creature as it's chowing down on his friend. He fires, distracts it, and it bounds back in the direction it came. Sheriff shouts to Roy, it's coming your way. Roy's prepared for it. He's got his uh, hunting rifle with a scope. He sees the outline. It leaps at him, straight at him. He counts slowly and fires. Hits the creature in flight and it slumps to the ground, invisible. And as it dies, its chameleon-like visage slowly fades away, revealing the creature itself. Nicely done, Roy. You were a bit of a dick, but you made it count. Oh dear, I spoke too soon, didn't I? The creature turns its head and its huge tongue shoots out, wraps around Roy's neck and he falls to the ground. Double tap, that's the way to go. Carly and Danny are having their own problems. They find the evidence that Erin didn't leave the island. That's when one of the young creatures makes an appearance. It too lashes out with its tongue and gets Danny round the ankle. He's panicking. Nice combination of CGI, prosthetics and stunt work. Makes this very believable. Carly, thankfully, has got her head about her. She grabs a big rock, drops it on the creature's tongue. <laughs> the creature reacts, winds itself back in. And instead of the tongue coming into the body, the body goes to the tongue and it smashes its head against a rock. <laughs> I'm not quite sure that's how it happened, but well done, Carly. We're back at the harbour. Arden, Will and Ben come back in. They found eggs on the seafloor. So they've got a good idea that there are young, they're amphibians, so they could be hunting on land. This isn't good at all. Especially for Carly and Danny, who make it back to the cabin and then realise that there are five of the young creatures circling the dwelling. Carly begins to panic. Uh, why can't you kill them? He points out that his dad's a fisherman, not a hunter. There are no weapons. But there's fishing rods, there's uh, an axe, knives. I'm not quite sure what the hell he's thinking of. But let's give him enough rope to hang himself, shall we? Before we pass judgment. One of the young leaps onto the roof, smashes through the window. Carly's up for it. She has a spear, slams it into the creature's chest. It goes down and it starts screeching. Calling for help, Danny believes, while he stands there and does nothing, and still does nothing, while the creature calls for help. Carly finally gets the knife out, plunges it into its stomach, and Danny seems surprised and impressed. What, are you, what were you doing, Danny? Seriously? <laughs> or is Danny turning into one of those things? Is he trying to help? Kill all humans, 
I welcome our amphibian overlords. <laughs> Two more of the creatures leap onto the roof. Danny gets a boat hook, slams into the head of one. Carly gets the spear straight into the stomach of the other. They both fall to the ground screaming, nicely done guys, nicely done. Two more appear, one flicks out its tongue, grabs Danny, who's got the power core to one of the lamps. He's thinking of electrifying the roof, the corrugated iron roof. Clever idea, if it works. A third creature appears, Carly gets a knife out, throws it, strikes. Wow, impressive. It falls to the ground, distracted Danny's able to loosen his hold, brings the axe down on the tongue of one of the creatures, frees his hand and he connects the cables to the roof and power lances through the sheeting. The three creatures start to shake and cry out as electricity flows through them. And who knows if this is the end of them. And then four more creatures break into the house on the lower level. How many of them? <laughs> poor Danny, poor Carly. On the dock, Ben has created a cage, like a shark cage, chummed the dock and the waters. He's inside the cage with a high calibre weapon, using himself as bait. Eh, not a good idea. Meanwhile, Arden and Will find the sheriff, find Will's brother, into big pieces. He takes the keys and bids his brother farewell. Barbara goes out to Ben to tell him that Will's on his way. Why couldn't she just go away? Mind her own business, but no, she's that sort of woman. She's also always looking out for her friends. She stands on the dock calling Ben, come in, come in. But Ben sees the invisible outline of the creature not far from her. It leaps and it stands literally beside her. He's shouting at her to run to get out of the way. It emerges from its camouflage. She looks up. <laughs> oh, jeez. And it bites her head clean off. One bite, gone. Ben fires. Oh, it's a harpoon gun, a little one at that. It sticks into the creature's back. Uh, it looks mildly annoyed. It turns and spews its venom into his face. We won't be long now, that will be the end of Ben. Foolish, foolish man. Character update. Will and Arden are leaving the woodlands. They are now armed with some of the weapons from the troll car. Whereas Carly and Denny are going to make a run for it. There's an old ferry, been abandoned for some time, but it might have a radio. Radio might have emergency batteries. Either that or stay behind and get eaten. To be honest, it doesn't look good for either of them. And only a minute or so after, Carly's attacked by one of the younglings, wraps its tongue around her neck, fells her. Danny's lying on the floor, looks unconscious. She's struggling for breath. And then, out of nowhere, Danny gets up, wielding an axe, chops the head off this creature. As the tongue releases, Carly's screaming, holding his head up as he's covered in blood. <laughs> and the body of the creature wobbles about like a headless chicken before falling to the ground dead. Arden and Will are at the dock. They see the remnants of the battle there and see a GPS tracker that's active. It looks like Ben actually embedded a GPS tracker into the spear gun which struck the creature and the creature swam off with it. So they can track it. That's good. The two kids get to the old dock, the uh, Queen of Sydney ferry. Very derelict. I can't imagine there's a working radio on board. By no surprise, there isn't. Two of them start looking for flares, any sort of emergency kits. But again, this is an abandoned ferry. It's been stripped of anything of any value. The only people that's going to save them is maybe Will and Arden, who are now on the island tracking the creature with the GPS. And they get to the cabin and they see it's totally ransacked. They notice that the various fishing items have gone. 
Arden leaps to the conclusion that they wanted him for weapons. Will agrees. That's when they see the flare come up. Yep. Somehow on this derelict ferry, Carly finds a flare gun with a working flare. How fortunate was that? No, I'm not so sure that their latest plan is sound. They were going to lock themselves in a secure room and wait it out. But now they hear the cry of perhaps one of the adult creatures. And Danny decides he wants to go and investigate. Not a smart idea, but maybe he'll get killed, so there is that. He decides to lock Carly into the room, or at least gives her the way to lock the door from the inside. So she may or may not be safe. Perhaps one of the more stupid ideas of Danny's had in this movie. Will and Arden hear the call as well, and then they see dozens of younglings running in one direction like a herd. Must be bedtime. We're feeding time. And those critters look hungry. Which is not good news for Carly. Remember, she locked herself in a secured room? Well, she just notices a load of human remains in one corner. Not only didn't they see it, but they didn't smell it either. Oh, and yes, there are air vents. And there's one of the creatures in the air vents. Can't quite get in yet, but it knows she's there. Arden and Will get on board the boat. They are tracking the creature. They nearly shoot Danny when he comes rushing down some steps. Delighted to see him. Where's Carly? Oh, she's safe. I'll take you to her. And off they go. And at that second, Arden shouts out a warning. The GPS track is going nuts. And the baby mama, huge tong, slips down, grabs Danny, lifts him 10 feet into the air. Will starts opening fire with his shotgun, which seems incredibly dangerous because, well, wherever the creature is, so is Danny. But I don't think he's ever liked Danny, do you? <laughs> One of the younglings bursts into the compartment where Collie is. She kills it with a knife. Second one comes in, she gets it with a hatchet. Third one, nah, she bolts. Opens the door, runs out, runs into Will and Arden. Don't know what's happened to Danny. Is Danny dead? <laughs> he might be. Yeah, that's the impression we get, because Will just shakes his head when Carly inquires about him. And that's when they notice this thick mucus covering all the walls, just like the material amphibians use to create their nest. So, whatever this creature is, it's making more of itself. And do our gallant heroes make a run for it? No, they go deeper into the ferry, into the darkness. Armed with only a shotgun, a spear gun, and a hatchet. <laughs> Me, I'd like some flamethrowers, some C4, heavy assault weaponry. They reach the vehicle deck, and through a hole in the floor, they see a room full of eggs. Hundreds of them. They figure out while they're there, they're safe, the queen, if you will isn't going to attack him for fear of harming younglings. Fortunately, Will used to work on this ferry. He was a maintenance worker. He knows where there's some welding equipment, which of course, they left behind when they were gutting the place. Ah, uh, story plot points that require stupid things to work. Gotta love it. Okay then, the plan. Old oxyacetylene welding gear. The tanks have still got some gas inside them, so takes them towards the hatch. They're going to tie them together so they can suspend them over the hole in the floor. Combined with some fuel oil, should make a nice bang. Oh, well, what do you know? There's a car still on the ferry, with fuel in its tank. Will punches a hole in the fuel tank, gathers a bit of petrol in the hubcap, takes it back to the car deck, tells Harden to get Carly out of here. He'll be following along soon after. But then the Queen makes an appearance, and she looks pissed. Will sets one of the tanks aflame, Causes the Queen to pause. Carly and Arden make a run for it. Will 
lights his cigar, punches a hole into one of the fuel drums, lights the fuel, sophisticated arrangement to pulleys and weights and counterbalances. I suppose to give him a bit of time, or at least a chance to get out of here before it explodes. But now as he turns to run, the Queen's tongue lashes out, grabs him by the ankle and he's suspended, holding onto a pipe and being pulled back as the mechanism slowly pushes the tanks towards the nest. And the biggest bang since the big one. <laughs> Sorry about that. The cinder block finally tips over, draws up the drum, the tanks fall, the valves are smashed, and boom! The entire room is vaporised, including the Queen. Exactly how close Will was, we're not quite so sure yet, but the two women who are safe now scream, believing that her dad and her friend are dead. But no, see someone walked around the back, it looks like he got blown into the water. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how that happened, but yay! <laughs> well done, Will. And strangely enough, with all these pyrotechnics, or at least the CGI equivalent, I've got a feeling that this ferry's been used for Supernatural. Now I'm seeing it from this angle, it definitely looks like the Winchesters have been here before. That wouldn't be a surprise though. Some indeterminate amount of time later, we see that the harbour is bustling, everything seems to be returning to normal, minus a good portion of the locals. Will jumps on his boat, there's Carly and Arden all decked out to go fishing. Not quite sure why. Surely Carly should be going off to college and Arden is a research scientist. What the hell is she going fishing for? Granted, she might find some sort of attraction with Will, but be realistic. <laughs> anyway, nice piece of music to finish off as we see the boat heading out to the harbour, out towards the fishing grounds. And no last minute twist either. No shot of one last egg that they didn't kill, they didn't destroy. And no chance for a sequel. <laughs> Too bad. That was Sea Beast, aka Troglodyte. Corin Nemec, Camille Sullivan. It wasn't too bad. There were some nice ideas in it. A lot of the CGI was perfectly acceptable. Obviously, it was CGI. They didn't have the budget to really go to town to make it look realistic. Again, some use of uh, puppets and prosthetics to for close in work to add to the CGI. A lot of the time it worked very well. Uh, surprising how easy some of the creatures were to kill, but I suppose they were the younglings, they were not quite... They didn't have the venom, paralysing venom that the adult had, which was brutal. Credit to the movie for actually showing that. Showing people getting hit with this toxin, losing all sensation or muscle movement, but still being alive as they were eaten. Ooh, that was both nasty and impressive. Acting-wise, Corinne, Camille, the rest of them did fine. No complaints at all. Most of the secondary cast were very good. As with all these movies, you get some people making some strange decisions, but that's how the plot works. You watch a big-budget movie, they'll make the same mistakes as well. Continue the plot moving. Overall, an enjoyable movie. I would recommend it. Right then, podcasting information. Stargate archives can be found on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbay, Stitcher, TuneIn, mostly on any podcatcher. You, in fact, any podcatcher you want to use. Just do a search for Stargate Archives, you'll find us. We've also got a manual RSS feed you can copy and paste into your favourite podcatcher. And our previous podcast, Gatecast, is also accessible via these means. Gatecast.co.uk is still active. All the episodes... 398 of them can be found on that website and of course they are mirrored on the stargatearchives.com website if you want to get in touch with us i'd love to hear from you about them <laughs> what you thought of this movie what you thought of stargate 
You can find us at stargatearchives.com, stargatearchives at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. Do a search for Stargate Archives. We are also on Tumblr under The Gatecast and on Twitter, our primary social media portal, at The Gatecast. If you want to join me on the podcast to talk Stargate, please get in touch. If you want to talk about a B-movie which features some uh, Stargate actors, get in touch. We can uh, find the time to have a chat over Skype for an hour or so and record an episode. Okay then, folks, thank you very much for listening. Hope you come back next time for whatever I decide to talk about. Hope you enjoyed this movie. If you watch the movie, just listen to this podcast. Thank you very much. God bless you. If you only just listen to me rambling on about it, even better. Okay then, folks, take care. Until next time, I've been Mike. Bye-bye.